righty. We're back with another episode of Systemically Distorted Communication. I've got Rachel. Rachel, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Rachel. Wicked. <laughs> uh, so what's your, what's your profession? What do you do? Um, I'm an educator. So I work with a few different programs in education, uh, special education focus, migrant education. Um, so yeah. Okay. What is your level of education? Did you just roll out of bed or have you been <laughs> places? I went, I got my GED. Just kidding. <laughs> so um, I have a bachelor's of arts in elementary education, special education with a focus in deaf education and a master's in educational administration and also an autism spectrum disorder. Um, I don't have any sort of certificate in that, but I have a lot of additional course hours and study in that. Okay. And full disclosure, we are family members. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, okay. So what would you, where would you put your a political affiliation? So like, I'm not going to align myself with a political party, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I guess I would be considered a liberal. Traditionally, my, my values do align more liberally. So I'm a liberal. If, if you looked at that little line thingy, you know, and you've got alt-right, you've got extreme crazy lefties, you've got the center, where would you so put On a scale it? of one to Bernie Sanders, where am I? <laughs> on a scale of one to AOC, where would you put yourself? <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> okay. Elizabeth Warren. I think I'm actually slightly more moderate than both of them. I don't think that... I think they do have good ideas though but if we're putting aoc as the poster child for the alt left i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go a little more right than that that was kind of a joke but sometimes not depending on what i'm hearing her say but that's my girl though <laughs> I, know, I know that's why that's why <laughs> all right so uh today we want to talk a little bit about what's going on in texas and basically the cold has cause a lot of power to go out. People are not in a good situation. So what is your take on that? And uh, just what do you think about it? Like, honestly, I don't know a, a ton of information about it. Um, I know some things. I know that the Texas government as a state had a lot to do with, um, obviously not, it had a lot to do with the winter storm coming in. That's something that nobody could have braced themselves for. But prior to that, from what I'm aware is that they, selectively segregated themselves from the national power grid and did not accept alliance with more the west or the uh, east coast and i know nothing about like we should have brought billy on here so he could explain how well, powers who, who on, oh, billy <laughs> maybe not <laughs> but interesting you could have kicked him out you could have hit remove from meeting as soon as he explained how power worked <laughs> okay bye-bye thank you bye (laughs) but wait (laughs) um because i don't know how power works but apparently there's these grids of power so we share energy throughout the state and so from my understanding is texas electively said we don't want to be part of your system and in part it was to um privatize the electricity sector and to get out of paying some sort of dues, fees, taxes that would have been associated with the national network of power. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And um, I don't know a lot about how that occurred, why it occurred, anything like that. I know that historically, Texas has been a very red state and um, a lot of the decisions made there are made by people who are, are financially very well off. So it's hard for me to look at just what I know, which is a very, very elementary basic understanding of the situation and say that it's not some sort of greed there. Mm-hmm. So that being the backstory, they're hit with the storm and, you know, our favorite word of 2020, an unprecedented storm. <laughs> and, uh, unprecedented in 2020. <laughs> yes. So they, they weren't where, uh, they weren't ready for it. So the infrastructure wasn't ready and all these homes are left without power homes, businesses, essentially much of the state was left without power. In turn, there's this major cold front um, and it, it just actually overnight turned extremely deadly. There's mm-hmm. people who have died, frozen to death. Um, people in rural areas who do not have access to grocery stores or clean water or heat you have families. And it sounds like you stupid idiot. Why would you do this? But imagine, I mean, if you can literally freezing, mm-hmm. um, you have families that are going in their garage with their car, warm it up and then die of carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, really. You have, you have people that are burning their belongings to stay warm. It, to me, just things that should not occur in this country. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much. I have a few different thoughts. I don't know how much of this could have been prevented by the United States government because we do have our own state independence. And I don't know enough about how they were allowed to get off the grid. Mm-hmm. so to speak I don't know enough about that but at the end of the day this is still people in America and I still think that relief needs to go to them immediately mm-hmm. and what I take issue whether or not they effed up or not by saying we're not I mean that's their government that that's not the identity of these people mm-hmm. just like I may not agree with everything our governor senators do or you know half of the eastern side of Washington State, they really don't agree. With. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you know they're just. A- oh, we've got some frozen issue. We might have to snap back to this in a second. Hold on. Okay. Well, well, look who comes crawling back. <laughs> when, when I'm like, oh, I don't have anything smart to say. I just unplug my computer as fast as I can. Sounds like the WHO. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, anyway, what I was saying is what I take issue with amongst all of this is it's disappointing and sickening that the senator, Senator Ted Cruz, familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loaded up his family and flew to Cancun. Mm-hmm. I think I've that's despicable. That. I think that's absolutely abhorrent. I, it is one thing you sent, you have the money. I mean, it would have looked negatively, but if he had the money to send his family somewhere safe and warm, do it. But in an instance like this, I think that when you take an oath of office, all government officials should have boots to the ground. Mm-hmm. And in him doing that, it sent a message to his constituents that he didn't care. And um, I, I just find I, that troubling. Would you say, so So for me, I, I, I really understand both sides of it. I and I'll explain my perspective, but 
you mentioned having the oath of office. Would you say that Congress throughout this entire COVID thing, when they, particularly Democrats, refused to come in and do their duty, um, and they kept postponing, saying it's not safe to come in, but they have an oath of office and it's their duty. They signed up for this position and they should be in there. They should be trying to get everything under control and meeting but instead they refuse to come in and they refuse to vote on well, things. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that we had a lot of mandates in place and there was a lot of um, safety procedures. And we have to remember this is a global pandemic. So can you tell me when the last time that occurred and what, what, what was the course of action that Congress did at that time? So if we can answer that, I would have a better understanding of my opinion of it. Um, I don't think that their refusal to come in was anything political. I think it was... And this whole COVID thing, regardless of where you fall and what you believe, um, you have to respect people's beliefs and you have to respect those who do believe in science. So mm -hmm. at no time did somebody say like, you, I don't believe that it's in the oath of office to, to risk your life or your health in a global pandemic where at the time we didn't know very much. We didn't know all the statistics, you know, we still are learning to this day about it. And I don't think they were refusing to do their job. A lot of them were working double overtime and as a country, we had to make an adjustment of, of going from, and you know this, well, I don't know if you know this as an educator, because I don't know what China did, mm -hmm. but making that transition from, you know, a typical, I'm going into work now, my dining room is my work, and this is my work, I'm talking, you know, and I think it's interesting how much we've been able to accomplish that way, but I mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're getting... I feel like you're getting a little bit off topic. No, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So in your okay. statement, and you're just, you just helped me wrap back to this. Because um, you mentioned that nowhere in the oath does it say they need to risk their health or their life. So does it seem, can you see how in my mind, I'm kind of catching up a little bit of a double standard when they talk about Cruz, if he thinks his family is in. You just said though, at, but what did I just say? I said, it's one thing if he has the means, I think it looks shitty. If he has the means to send his family somewhere where they can be warm and protected, then that's fine. I do find it not, like we're going to talk about double standard. Hmm. You know, he talks so poorly about the country of Mexico, but that's the first thing place he hops to. Okay. Hmm. But if he oh. felt like he needed to protect his family, that's great. There was, I highly doubt with the amount of money he has, there's not options available for him to remain in Texas and bring relief to that, hmm. to, to that state. And I think especially leaving the country. Mm -hmm. And I don't. It was a slap in the face to a lot of people. I I think that it sends a message that I don't care about you. Mm -hmm. I do think it looks bad. So I, I agree with that. But I I also think it's way overblown. Um, there's numerous people um, in our government that during the COVID things telling us we need to lock down and stay at home. They went and traveled around. Yeah, on, and I, I condemn of all of that. And so, and then you've got, there was a lot of lies going around. I mean, there were a lot of lies circulating too about people throwing people under the bus. Well, they're, you know, locking down our state, but then they're in Hawaii when in fact, no, they weren't. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of who you want to believe, but we know for a fact that he did go to Cancun. Yeah. And, and I don't want to spend too much time on that. I just, I think it's despicable, but he's not the only one I'm disappointed in. I think I don't know how these things work when a natural disaster happens, but I think it's taken way too long. I just read something today that Biden today just approved a partial emergency sort of fund mm 
Mm-hmm. He, he didn't approve it totally, which I think is crap. Mm-hmm. This is a nat- This is like you know they're they're comparing it to the next like Hurricane Katrina type situation because the weather next week is predicted to be in the 70s. So what happens when you have tons and tons of snow and ice, and then immediately you have a hawk front come in? Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah, they're going to have some massive flood issues, obviously. So we have to. So to. So this is me talking about Biden now and talking about our federal government mm-hmm. that is now run by Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I think that this partial relief is complete BS. Do you I know much that about the, the what what is it? Because I haven't had the opportunity to to look at what this partial relief is or what it includes. So mm-hmm. I don't. I think the state of Texas sent, and I don't know because I, I I just breezed over what I read. But mm-hmm. what I did read said that. Um, it was going to cover 77 counties, but that's not enough to cover everybody. And I, I don't know what the relief entailed. But they, I think Texas asked for X amount of dollars or asked to access this emergency relief fund. And it was only partially approved. Mm-hmm. And I, A, that I, I would need to look more into it, but I think that that's just, I don't think that's right. I think that there needs to be, and I think it's come to, they should have acted sooner. And we saw this with Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. And when that all happened and people were, and rightfully so, saying that George W. Bush at the time didn't respond quickly enough. And I don't think Joe Biden has responded quickly enough mm-hmm. at all. Uh, quick, quick question. Maybe I don't mean to veer us off, but it just kind of popped in my head. So I kind of want to go with it. Um, if Because I know that some things get passed um, and rejected, not because of the premise of the the summation of what's in it, but it's the little things that get put into it that it's like, well, this has nothing to do with that. So why are we right. even putting that in this, in this yeah. uh, thing? So like, cause there was a lot of that going on with COVID, um, right. to where we're, we're, we're all waiting for this relief. Well, maybe not me cause I'm not in the U S but <laughs> everyone's waiting on this relief and they wait with both sides fighting and arguing about stuff. And then you look at the package and you see just thing after thing after thing that has absolutely nothing to do with the relief that is needed. And so like, for me, that it pisses me off because you've got the American people that you're supposed to be there to protect. That's really what the government's main purpose should be to do is to protect the people. And then they're arguing about all kinds of different funding in other countries and different things that could be completely disconnected and brought in at a different time, but they want to stall right. out this and use it as an opportunity or something else. Yeah, and I don't advantage of the people. Yeah, I agree with you, and I don't, I don't. And I was thinking about today because your favorite AOC, so she's she created her own fund, mm-hmm. like she just created a fund because she's very grassroots organizer. You know, that's yeah, kind of her really background. Good at that. That's something she's very good at. So, and I love that she doesn't rely on big money and i'm hopeful that she will continue i'm hopeful that she will continue her career doing so because that's kind of her big you know feather in her cap is that she doesn't accept corporate funding she's a grassroots organizer so she was able to raise it was like two million dollars in a day and get that relief down to texas and now people are giving her shit because she's has some photos taken of her but she's actually there with a mask on like filling people's trunks with water and groceries and they're saying He's using this as a, as a photo op. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. here, here's my thought on that. It's fair to say that as a judgment. Okay. 
I could recognize where you may think that, but here's the difference. She's there. I mean, it's something, and I'm always, so let me backtrack a little bit. Jim Carrey has something to say about this too. Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. So he said, he made a post saying like, if you're going to do something for, how dehumanizing is it? If you're going to give a meal to a homeless person or somebody in need and then shove a camera in their face and take a selfie and post it on your social media for everybody to see that you did a good deed, you're actually just like a piece of shit. Okay. And I wholeheartedly, because like how dehumanizing is that? Mm-hmm. And I've listened to things like, um, you know, the whole like give somebody, you're in the Starbucks line, pay for the car behind you, like make someone's day. Okay, yeah make somebody's day but they're already in the starbucks drive-thru they can already afford an eight dollar coffee you're not doing anything to promote real change they were about to go to the window and be like i'm broke (laughs) 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 i've got no money give it to me for free thank god that person in front i was just going out on a limb hoping (laughs) Mm -hmm. so and you know i always take issue i've always taken issue and i've had long conversations with a lot of people in our family who overwhelmingly overwhelmingly agree with me that you're going to do something and even some of our more biblical folks in the family there's a verse in the bible that says if you're going to give to the needy don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing Mm -hmm. that reminds me i went to this is so long ago when we were you know when we were dragged to church when we were little (laughs) i think i went with bernie or grandma i can't remember which one but there was like a donation thing and I put in $20. (laughs) I stole it all. I had $20 left and I was a little kid. So $20 was a lot to me. And I pulled 20 in. And when we're leaving church, I look up or whoever I was with, I'm like, do you know how much money I put in? And they're like, no. And if you need to tell me, you shouldn't have done it. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, if you did that because you wanted me to praise you, you should not have done it because that's the wrong reason. And that stuck with me. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I should have just kept that to myself, I guess. But then really when i thought about it the reason i put it in there because i wanted to brag about it later it's like (laughs) for the wrong reason i'm a little kid like oh i'm gonna say how much money but it's like making me look like i'm so generous well and that's the thing and i've taken issue when people during christmas or the like i have a friend in particular who i unfollowed her after this because i just couldn't long posts like her their beautiful home and she lines up all these presents and all her kids and says you know, we're making a new tradition where each one of my kids, and she's not saying my kids aren't getting presents. She's saying each one of my kids has picked out 10 presents for a family in need, and we're going to drop these all off tonight. And it's like, you didn't need to put that on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like people doing things for the wrong reasons. Anyway, back to AOC and the whole thing. I can see how somebody views these these pictures on social media as maybe self-serving mm-hmm. but at the same rate as a public figure i could also see it as encouraging she's showing like there's work being done we're mm-hmm. doing this work and we're in a state of emergency and if if you could help it would be it's gonna go to good use so i can mm-hmm. see that i've got a couple of things on that so for one i think there's a fine line between proper promotion and marketing and getting the word out to show your good deed to spread to others to get them to do the good deed. But there is that fine line and you're never going to do it properly because people are going right. to make a judgment based on you either way. And then, but I, I think there's like a couple examples. So I'm going to use AOC for this just because we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that photo ops are bad. I think they're good. But then you have 
I think when we run into a problem is one side doesn't want to allow the other side to have a photo op because they get criticized when their side does it. And so they look for these opportunities to say, oh, now look at your side's doing photo op. And then, but a photo op, there's different examples. So you have that example of when AOC actually went to do a photo op, which I think was bad, where she went and pretended to be at the cage and, uh, and pretended to cry for the photo and did the photo op like that. I think that 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 was a, a PR stunt in my opinion, but this, if she's actually there helping boots on the ground, she's doing something. Of course. Literal boots, by the way, like yeah, Cumberland's. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> this I was like, I should a, get some of those. She's a factor. This for a photo op, right? Like, so I don't think that. And I'm not familiar with what the other instance that you said, but if that's the case, I mean, I would have taken it that way too. I take big, I take issue to those. There is a fine line, and nobody is ever going to get it right. But what I would compare it to, almost, um, and the media chastising her for it, is at least she's doing something. Boots to the ground. She's getting this work done. She's there doing the work. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like the photo op of a lifetime that I will never forget, which just disgusts me, is when that church was burnt down in D.C., which I don't condone that either. So let's not get it twisted. And Trump. Mm-hmm. took the secret service and stood there with the bible for a photo op when we know that was the photo i mean that was for a photo op mm-hmm. yeah i remember that actually that was the one that i was thinking i was just trying not to bring trump into it because i didn't want to play <laughs> us too far but, that's all I mean, well i mean he got just a think ton that, of flack for that and i've heard like there's like there's your proof i'm proving your point that us on the left go that was despicable and i can see where people on the right are looking at AOC saying, well, she's, you know, mm-hmm. she has time to take these photos for her social media. But, okay, we could look at hers and she's like, hey, I'm still raising money. If yeah. you can donate $5, donate $5. Here's some pics of what's going on, of real people, yeah. you know? Whereas what was to gain from Trump other than for him to brainwash people standing in front of a burned down church holding a Bible? Would you- what is that, what is that going to entice anybody to do? Well, it makes me think of when Bush went and did his uh, his stuff at the, you know, after the towers were down. And and I don't, because the nation was so unified at that time because of what had happened, uh, and I was so young, you know, maybe there was a lot of backlash as an accused of photo op, but I don't know because I wasn't around at the time. But for me, I think that, that that is a photo op that is necessary saying you know we're still standing we're still here right can't beat us well he he got a lot of flack because he was in an elementary school which i don't think is a bad thing that dick (laughs) he was reading (laughs) the children (laughs) so he was in a you know and now as an educator so at the time because i was 18 when that happened Mm -hmm. i just turned 18 and um i just pulled my age (laughs) i'm gonna do some Slow math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so there, he was in a classroom somewhere and he was visiting that classroom and he was reading them a story. And Secret Service came in his ear and told him what had happened. As an educator, I think it is so amazing that he sat there and finished that book. And mm-hmm. I think as quickly as he could have moved, he moved. Mm-hmm. You know when working, what was he supposed to do? Scare all the children? Holy shit! Like, <laughs> so I'm assuming he caught a lot of flack for not leaving right he, away. Is that he did? 
he did catch flack. And at the time, like I'm saying, I process things differently older. I didn't have a college education then. I'm not saying that everybody needs to have a college education. But what I'm I'm saying is that he learned critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought, because Michael Moore made that documentary, I think his documentary at that time, I think it was the Bowling for Columbine documentary, because that I want to say happened in 2001 also, maybe 2000. I remember but, the, the title of that, but I don't remember what it was about. So I think about. I believe I could be wrong. And then I, I was big into Michael Moore at the time. I'm sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> so I read everything I could get my hands on that he wrote. So I don't know if it was from a documentary or something I read of his. So probably was like, Moore was the cause of your downfall, basically, <laughs> is what you're when you went to the dark side. <laughs> it was big into Michael Moore. So. He, there was something I either read or saw that he produced mm-hmm. where it was like making that look like, you know, he didn't, he didn't act quickly enough. And I think now looking back with what I know now, I think that he reacted the way that he needed to react. And I think that that, that was just a unprecedented and crazy time as well. So it's hard to delineate and it's hard to say. And I mean, I, Imagine any person, regardless of what side of the spectrum they fall on, being under that amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. So um, what I didn't, I don't know what, like, what I was going to connect this to, but I don't think that he responded to Katrina quickly enough. And I don't know, there must be something I don't know about natural disaster defense funds, because I think Joe Biden could have acted quickly and he didn't. And so like you were saying, there's got to be some kind of holdup that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also that stuff with Trump where he, what was the recent thing with Trump? And he didn't go down there. It was like a week later or something, but by the time, oh, he was, yeah. I can't remember what that was, but he was catching a lot of flack. Like where's Trump? He's off golfing instead of, instead right. of. Right. And then even Jay Inslee, there was some, there was a town. I don't even know if this is true. I feel like I watch a lot of weird documentaries and then sometimes I have weird dreams and they blend into reality. Mm-hmm. It's liberal. <laughs> but Matrix. <laughs> but. Jay Inslee went to some town in remote Washington state mm-hmm. and he brought them apples and they were pissed off because they, they're an apple growing community, but he brought it as a sign of like, you know, he came as quickly as he could to assess the situation, whatever. And I guess the apples ended up being infected with the apple <laughs> maggots. <laughs> and he had no way of knowing that, like, you know, like cut the guy a break. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, anyway, I think that without knowing exactly how these policies and procedures read, it's hard to say they didn't act appropriately. But what I think we can learn from any of this or all of this or any of these situations is that that needs to change because I think we could have prevented a lot of damage with, like, you know, a natural disaster is a natural disaster. It's going to occur. Mm-hmm. But I think some of the damage and some of the long-term devastation financially caused to families or long-term devastation wildfires caused like the California ones or any of these things that are affecting people long very very long term mm-hmm. could have been prevented with a more quick response mm-hmm. so there has to be or I would like to believe that there's some reason why things aren't occurring as quickly as they can and so mm-hmm. it makes me go back to like AOC, who I admire, yeah, she has some very, very 
radical views that I'm like, wow. And you know, a lot of the time I will read them and think this is very far-fetched, but you think it would just require a whole system overhaul for it to work, but it's not crazy to think that some of her ideas would work. Mm -hmm. um, in our current system, no. Mm -hmm. But I think that the fact that this individual politician is raising money and trying to get it there as quickly as she can, Mm -hmm. says something about the state of the way our government set up. If she recognizes that they're not going to get funding right away and she's part of the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to criticize someone when they're trying to help even if the result doesn't come out. Obviously they do something really stupid. I, I get it, but right. I mean, someone that's trying to do something. Right. I, I mean, cut them a little bit of a break, I suppose. Um, right. I do want to go a little bit into AOC's response because we're kind of talking about her anyway. I, I've, I, do feel like this is one of her downfalls is this kind of what you were just going into her, these grand ideas that she has that in my opinion, are not realistic to the state of our country at the time, at the moment. So right. for example, one of her first tweets, I don't remember what it, exactly what it said, but I'm going to paraphrase. It was talking about how this basically happened in Texas because they don't, uh, it, if they would adopt her green new deal or with a renewal, her ideas for renewable energy that they, this could have been avoided. And this just seems very ignorant. And then she got, I went and read the responses of people that are more familiar with Texas that. Uh, well, what I, I did read have. a tweet of hers. So I did read a tweet of hers and I didn't said something similar. But what, it, so she may have made another tweet. I'm not on Twitter, full disclosure. So anytime Whoa, I hear about Twitter, it's a screenshot that somebody sends me. <laughs> probably altered. <laughs> right. Something's weird about my light, but that's okay. Um, so anyway, I'm coming in or something. It's blocking half your face. <laughs> You're like, uh, what's that? What's two face on Batman? <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> nice, nice try. <laughs> uh, so, um, I did read a tweet where she did basically say, like, this happened because of corporate greed. Mm -hmm. And if you really, and I, I said that when I started, I said I don't know enough about energy and the process i know that there's a grid and i know we're all connected and that there's ways we can get power sent to us from other states because we're involved in this grid mm -hmm. so at the end of the day yeah like i'm trying to get okay sorry at the end of the day i think that this is why that happened and that's bullshit but so what is this here's where i get conflicted mm -hmm. because i don't want big government I think states should have their own state government and be able to act as their own individual government within federal regulation. I mean, look at Washington, Oregon, where, you know, weed's legal. It's still federally illegal. Mm -hmm. But, you nobody's going to come arrest the owner of the weed store. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen. The only thing is they can't have a bank account that's FDIC insured. They're selling weed. <laughs> Mm, okay. So, I don't know much about that. Okay. <laughs> well, no, just, I don't either. But what I'm saying is that there's things that states are allowed to do because we have the ability to act as our own sovereign government. Mm -hmm. No, to a degree. So what I have to wonder, because this is such a disaster, is would it be, and I don't have, I don't have like a solid re opinion on this. Can we say as a government, like, no, you have to join this mm -hmm. because look what happened. Mm -hmm. I would fight back with that to say, I feel like it's making a rule based on the exception. So like you have, 
this could happen in any state. Yeah, well, let's any say state says, you know what, we can create, we have enough of our own resources to create our own power, we're fine. Mm-hmm. And then something happens that's never happened because, you know, look what what look at what we're in right now. And but I, I but like I said, I don't think it's it's fair to say like we hear anyway. I don't I just don't know how to feel about it. I wouldn't want to tell a state you have to do this, but then it would almost be difficult as a federal government to say, well, you guys opted out and now you want relief. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I feel that way is because they opted out. The other more important and empathetic and humanitarian side of me says it doesn't really matter. We need to get these people relief because they, the government is the government. They don't always represent the people. Yeah. So let me give my response on it. I think that uh, maybe I'll I'll put some stuff together and then you can respond on what you think about it. Um, it depends on if it's going to be twenty five pages. <laughs> it'll be twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> So I opened I, it on my phone and I was like. <laughs> well, I thought after five months, you'd have time to read it. But I guess not. You could have read like two pages a day, like two pages a week. You could have got through it. You could have done it. Okay. Um, anyway, so I, I think it's a little bit unfair for statements like this, because if we look at, you know, California, they have rolling blackouts every summer because of the heat and they know it's going to be hot. And they're one of the most progressive states as far as renewable energy and uh, wind and, mm-hmm. and and whatnot. And so I see some people posting memes where Cruz had had criticized um, California and they just kind of crossed out words and replaced it with Texas and crossed this without, and it fits in. But you're comparing something that happens every single summer in California to a once in a century storm in Texas, and it doesn't seem fair. And then for AOC to say, oh, if you just follow my plan, which the, the facts are the things that were the renewable energy in Texas, those things completely failed as well. So let's pretend for a second that 10 years ago, Texas adopted all the stuff the AOC wanted and mm-hmm. they completely ran on that. Everything would have shut down even worse and they wouldn't have even had any reserves in place to get them the things that they did have. So it just seems like a very short-sighted response that's kind of like a gotcha moment without thinking through right. the, the well, situation. And I honestly feel like we need to stop with the gotchas. Mm-hmm. When it comes to instances like these, yeah. I think that that's where politics becomes just nasty. And that's where I think I've become, I've come to the point where, you know, I, I have ideas that fit, and ideas that don't fit. And I, I wouldn't align myself with a political party because of that. And I think we're at a point where this country is so divided, so divided, and things are just nasty. And I think that there should be no place for these politically driven remarks or com- like anybody who might, I think that's off color for her to say that during this time. Mm-hmm. I think it's off color for, I think it's off color that Ted Cruz went on vacation. I think it's off color for AOC to say, well, if you would have done this, like, we're not going to say, I told you so when people are dying, mm-hmm. what is that going to do? Yeah. Saying I told you so isn't going to get more funding to those people who need it. So mm-hmm. how about we save that for later and when we get the situation cleaned up, then you can come back and say, well, here, here's what may have been a better solution. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to do that at the time it's going on. It, it, it's insensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I agree with you. And I, I especially think 
I mean, I can, it's hard to pick a blanket statement where I can say that's never acceptable because I understand why people want to take advantage of that moment while it's fresh in people's mind and say, hey, you know, if we had their own agenda and that's, yeah, yeah. So it, and that's kind of the thing that politicians do. And this term that I, this phrase that I've been hearing a lot with every crisis is an opportunity. I hate that. But unfortunately, it's true in a sense because it's the most opportune time to make change. You know, that's, that's the why every time there's a shooting, everybody goes hard on, you know, we, this is the time we need to make new laws and restrict this and that. So it's hard to tell people not to do it because it is the best time to do it, but it's also the worst time to do it from like a humanities standpoint or a moral standpoint. Yeah. No, I think that hopefully I'm just hoping that I don't know enough. I think that things are probably coming in by the minute that I don't know about Mm -hmm. that with Texas, but I think that don't know I, I think that it's like gonna be a little bit it's like what is that saying a day late and a dollar short mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, this is gonna be and then and then what kinds of resources are coming in we need national guard to come in because the flooding so next week it's gonna, gonna be, be a whole other thing i'm curious how they're going to deal and, and if we see that coming there should be some stuff right now getting in motion ready to go but well, i don't know of in my time you know, in the Northwest, we're familiar with the melt flood cycle. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have things in place for that. And mm. but Texas, this is something they're not familiar with. So they don't have like the, the transportation infrastructure. I know that there's like the transit right now is really difficult. So they need to restock their grocery stores. They need, they don't have supplies. They don't have basic needs. And yeah. so, you know, power has been restored in some places actually have a couple students who live there who I've been teaching remotely and um they called or their parents called in it the other day and said like they had no power and they wouldn't be in class and I'm like well they're getting an F (laughs) (laughs) they should find a way (laughs) they should have planned ahead this out if they had been no no I I definitely agree with you in that I'm interested to see now because we can predict now what's going to happen the science tells us what happens when ice and snow melt. Are you and sure? And you look. <laughs> Maybe uh, speaking of science, I don't know why this makes me laugh every time. But like when you, you probably don't remember when you were in kindergarten. Um, your teacher made a comment about like a loose. Oh, but I used to be a monkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she made a very loose reference to evolution and grammar. Yeah. I well, I'm sure I took it completely wrong because, or maybe she was just obviously she's not going to sit down and explain the science and the situation. So she probably just was. We're talking about evolution. I was like, "What? People used to be monkeys, and then just yeah, I used to be a monkey." I'm sure I just misinterpreted it, and then I go home. My teacher said I was a monkey. (laughs) Um, So I do have like a response for uh, like a, a breakdown. So I'm sure that do you know who Dan Crenshaw is? The military sergeant? Yeah, he's the one I... The, oh, he's, yeah. He's got a patch. Remember, everyone kind of made fun of him on SNL, and then they had oh, him the, later and, and whatnot. Yeah. You're an SNL fan, right? I am a big SNL so fan. He's a big Texas guy, and I've listened to him a lot about their energy and plans and whatnot in Texas back in the day. I don't remember a whole lot of it, but um, he did have a response uh, about what was happening there, and uh, I don't know if you'd mind... If I just go through and kind of read what his perspective, because I could try to summarize it. And I'm just going to sound like an idiot because he's so much 
you know, he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and well, just something you have I think any is, response about some of the sure, stuff. It's something that is, I hadn't really considered, which I'm now just like having an aha moment. Because mm-hmm. I have friends that work in Texas in the oil fields. So they live here and then they work in Texas and they come home every two weeks. And so I know that oil is a big part of their culture. Mm-hmm. So transferring from that to like a more renewable energy would probably be a very far fetch for them. Mm-hmm. I don't so think anyway, it can't be done. I think my biggest problem is when people talk about, you know, Green New Deal ideas and, and uh, renewable energies and cars and all this stuff. It, it seems like the progression of society you know, the libraries fade away. This is obviously an example. I know we still have libraries, but, you know, books and libraries fade away as the internet is becomes more developed and more useful. Mm-hmm. We didn't decide to say, hey, in five years, we're going to have potential to have the internet. Let's close the libraries now. And I know this example right. is not very, because libraries are not saying. affecting the environment, but it seems like we're being, uh, I think activism is good, but when the activism is pushing advancements before it is prepared and saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's hurt the U.S. economy more than all other countries in the world because we're going to push the activism here before we have an infrastructure designed to support it properly and to maintain our different weather weather patterns and whatnot. Let's do it right now and force laws before it's ready. It doesn't seem, it seems like it should be a natural flow that the more this becomes so, useful and the more that we... I'm- yeah, anyway, that's basically Well, no, and I understand that thought process. I, I mean, I have other, I don't disagree, but I have like other thoughts to go along with that. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's not a bad idea for us to progressively become less reliant on non-renewable sources of energy. Mm-hmm. And so that goes into a whole nother global warming planet that, it is, that we don't have time for today. Yeah, I would hope that we could think about it some i've been getting like a lot of random friend requests from like people in dubai and like iran i'm a popular guy guy. (laughs) and i'm like i um am being catfished (laughs) no my one's an egyptian prince though he has a lot of money he just needs me to transfer him like like two (laughs) thousand and then he's gonna be able to do this thing that he needs and then he's gonna send you the billions right I'm really excited about that. Love of my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get what you're saying. What I'm hearing you say is that that you do agree with where we're headed, the future, and being prepared for that. But in using your same analogy, could I could, sorry, the habanero. (laughs) Um, um, Could I compare it to, this is kind of a loose, loose analogy, but you used a library. So if I said record stores and the music industry, mm-hmm. they were not prepared for Napster and LimeWire. Mm-hmm. And they, they pushed back hard against that because they were losing, losing, losing tons of money. Mm-hmm. So it, it annihilated that music industry pretty quickly because they weren't prepared for it. Wasn't LimeWire and- illegal? Or just they were I both illegal. They were both illegal, but what it did was teach people who wanted to do things legally. Mm-hmm. Hey, we could just stream music. If I want to hear a song, I should just be able to access it. Mm-hmm. Then we have this new way. I mean, there's no. I, I don't think. I mean, I think the last CD I bought. I don't even know when it was. 
but think about the transition for that. So, so using your same analogy, could these record stores have, if they had had the foresight, know what was going on, started making steps to not become obsolete and to, to shift their business model without it happening overnight and putting them out of business. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm having trouble drawing the connection. What with so what, what I'm saying what, is, are you saying, saying that's like, a good thing or a sorry. bad thing? No, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but what you're saying is like, what, should we close all the libraries right now? Because we know that that's where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, I think that it's, we should transition. We know that it's the smart thing to do to transition into more renewable, cleaner energies. We know from science that what we're doing is harming the planet. And it's something that we need to take care of. We know that these weather patterns are a result of, of global warming and of climate changes. And as humans, I have to believe that we have some impact. I know that we have impact on mm -hmm. what's happening. And so to use the record company as a as a analogy, what I'm saying is, can we not prepare these mm -hmm. corporate car corporations? Can we not just start transitioning that way? Mm -hmm. So yes, I agree. No, we're not going to legislate right now. I have to sell my car and go get a Prius immediately, mm -hmm. or I'm going to jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I think the difference it, comes in when you have a government body telling people how much you need to adapt. And when, for me, I think if renewable energy and, you know, AOC's plans are the way to go, private business and the market, if it is better, it will win out. So you have those start cropping up. And the same thing that happened with Blockbuster, as these other things crop up, Blockbuster failed because it was no longer a viable, it, it just wasn't. And that's what I'm saying. So. I think it would be in the best interest of to save, you know, capitalism. It's for these capitalist companies to start thinking in that direction so that they're not pushed out. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, possibly record stores could have been saved if they would have had the foresight to know that that's where things were going. And they could have somehow, instead of Spotify, Pandora, they could have done something. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking completely outside of the box. They could have done something to maintain their customer base. Mm -hmm offering a product similar to like and you know who knows maybe that couldn't have occurred or maybe blockbuster could have sustained itself by having the foresight and becoming more of like a netflix mm -hmm. and i think most people don't really I, I mean obviously there's well let me say the full thing um I, I think that people don't necessarily care where power's coming from as long as they can turn on their lights and they're working but i understand that um the environmental issues. But if, if somebody has the option, let's say that the, the market, you know, explodes and renewable energy, private companies crop up. And instead of this government incentive or where they're interfering and forcing things, it happens naturally. And people can say, oh, well, if it becomes a competitive market, it's the same thing with cell phones. You know, now you have Verizon, who's this big carrier, but you can go to a smaller company that can give you almost all the same coverage as Verizon for half the price. And so if it is better, it will slowly win out. And I think that's how the market should work. And it just, I think there shouldn't be any government like uh, intervention. And in a sense, I understand giving like, hey, if you do this, kind of like what Obama's uh, first time home buyer thing, that helped me out a ton. You know, I didn't love all the stuff he did, but he did do some other things that were helpful. And, um, I was able to buy a house with zero down 
and they actually paid me $8,000 to buy a house. Now, I could have been super irresponsible and destroyed that, but I did some smart stuff with it and ended up paying off down the road. But giving, so maybe a government incentive, hey, if you sign up with this company that uses this certain renewable energy, maybe at the end of the year, you get a certain tax rate that right. maybe for them, well, even now, and so that kind of hurts the oil and gas, but, but I understand that sort of incentive to try to help the environment, but just not forcing states and, and companies no, to transition. I think, I think that that's fair. I think that's completely fair. I don't disagree with you. It's interesting though, because I live in a state which is considered to be one of the greener states. And we have a governor who that's kind of his, his mountain to die on is renewable energy and, and global issues. And I know he was a contender for being in the cabinet as secretary of environmental affairs or something like that. So a friend of mine who has um, a Tesla, which is a completely electric vehicle, mm -hmm. was Elon? telling me, huh? Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> My homie Elon. <laughs> yeah, he'll be on next episode in case anyone wants to know. <laughs> I can get, I'm not, I mean, I'm not like a name dropper. <laughs> but um was telling me when they purchased their car tabs, because I was just like having a conversation. I'm like, shit, my tabs are expired and I haven't gone and I drive the standard Pacific Northwest vehicle. Can you guess what that is? Uh, Subaru? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And so I bought a new, so I went from one Subaru that I had for 10 years and I bought the same car but a 10 year later model <laughs> i'm dying on that mountain <laughs> super is a good car i like super they're a great car so anyway i was saying like i have to go get my tabs and i'm like they're so expensive which i don't mind because we had this thing where it was going to be 30 dollar tabs and i thought that is going to be i mean people were like yeah 30 dollar tabs and i thought you want the roads to be pieces of shit <laughs> like <laughs> you asking for that because that's what that money goes toward. And um, that never went through. So but I was like, mm, $90 is a, it seems steep for tabs. And my friend who owns a Tesla was saying that the tabs for the Tesla was like, or were like 300 something. Because there was all these additions. So instead of being incentivized for driving an electric car, mm -hmm. there was all these surcharges for having an electric car. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, what? Well, I think that, that that's not still the case, is it? That wasn't, no, this was this year. Still? Oh, wow. This was last week we had this conversation. I thought that there was, I thought a lot of that was like roadblocks being put up um, to try to, you know, halt the electric car industry and, and prevent it to, you know. I don't um, know, but I thought that was, was kind of like, a bit over with. I thought there was more incentives now to have. No, no, there was no Aren't there some really tax breaks and whatnot at the end of the year. There may be. Well, that's one I recommended to go on your show. So you could ask. Uh, oh, that was okay. Yeah. All right. So it's interesting, though. Mm -hmm. but I was really just blown away by that information because I thought, you know, because there's like an I, well, I don't know if there's direct incentive. Well, yeah, like I think I got $50. <laughs> I don't know big deal oh. <laughs> my oh. oven blew up and i bought an energy efficient one <laughs> that would all there was a mail there was a mail-in rebate five oh <laughs> i hate mail-in rebates more than anything in my life i don't do them usually <laughs> because you go to the store 
and that you have a price there. And then down at the bottom, it's like <laughs> after the mail and rebate, tiny, tiny print. And it's like, you're thinking, okay, well, technically, da, da, da. But you get home, no one sends it. Nobody knows <laughs> the mail and rebate. Did you know, speaking of weird stuff, I I don't even remember filing this claim, but apparently Wells Fargo had a harass or not harassment, uh, class action. I've been involved in a little bit of too many lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get them straight. Come on. <laughs> ex-husband will know what I'm talking about if he hears this. <laughs> no, I'm gonna edit this. <laughs> you have to cut that. Yes. Oh, anyway. Man, I forgot to do timestamps again. Oh, this is so hard to find without my timestamps. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, a class action lawsuit. lawsuit. Yeah. So somehow I got paperwork that said fill out this class action lawsuit because Wells Fargo did something shady with your account. I, I, for once, I must have done it, but it had to have been like 10 years ago because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I just got a check in the mail last week for a hundred and something dollars. And it took kind of like the time years? you Venmoed me randomly. <laughs> no, I got time, that weird. That time that I Venmoed you? Yeah, I got a weird message from you at like three in the morning saying. That's like five you years Venmo. after you loaned me. Because you loaned me a hundred bucks when I was broke back in the day. know. <laughs> One day and I was like, I wonder who I owe money to. You know, I, I think I owe Bernie a hundred bucks. I need to get it to her. I was so poor for so long, you know, just scraping by week to week, trying to get through college and whatnot. And then I was sitting there thinking, you know, what? Rachel gave me a hundred bucks when I was here interning. I need to uh, send that to her. So I just like. But it was it was so weird because I get a random Facebook, not a text, like a Facebook messenger from you. Here it was like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it was like, do you have Venmo? And I was like, I, my brain immediately was like, he was hacked and someone's like going to ask me to send him money. <laughs> send me 10000 I don't even think I responded. I think you must have just found my Venmo. Uh-huh. I didn't respond. I was like, I'm going to text Brent in the morning and be like, someone hacked you, buddy, and they're trying to get money. <laughs> <laughs> but then I woke up in the morning and I'm like, hundred dollars i'll be damned so okay. kind of same thing with the wells fargo settlement I was yeah. never expecting that <laughs> also i gave you the hundred yeah but <laughs> i gave it back <laughs> the decent thing to do uh yeah i i mean i was i'm fine now so but i was at the time i remember i was just super broke and it was difficult to even ask you had said something like a few days before and I was like, no, 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 I can't. And then I was sitting there thinking like looking at that zero in my account or something very close to it. And I'm like, your last top ramen on the counter. (laughs) Well, that was, it was when I was in Macau doing internship and I, I was, you know, I came here with basically nothing and I was just trying to scrape by and was getting a little bit and I just didn't have much left for food, but a hundred bucks, I can make it go a ways here if I (laughs) smart with it. It's just eating raw broccoli and stuff. (laughs) Did you end up selling your because you rented your house out yeah for a long time right yeah but i just basically rented it for the mortgage because i just wanted I I say, to sell anything so but you didn't get any profit off that no i did i i mean uh, i was just but but by monthly i didn't so when i ended up selling it i got a big profit and then i paid off all of my undergrad school and then no idea. Should have done that. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I was saying the other day when we we're talking. It's like if I would have known that all of a sudden they're gonna reward all the lazy people, <laughs> I wouldn't have paid anything off. I'd have 
big fat bank account right now if I hadn't paid all that off. And then I owed my uncle about a bajillion dollars because he helped get me through school because I was broke and useless all the time. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I had a little bit left over and one of my friends got in a accident. So I sent him a pretty big chunk for his hospital stuff, like a donation thingy. And then I heard about that because your brother was not impressed. <laughs> I don't know how people, it's, you know, they need to fix this thing because I, I, I specifically went on there and I click, I did not want it to be public at all. It was a very personal thing. And right. I clicked the stuff, the, the private and everything. And then the next couple of days, people start messaging me. Like my, my mom got a hold of me. She's like, oh, I She's can't like, you did this. I'm like, what you, did what? And then she starts telling me and sends me the screenshot. And I'm just like, how is it public? <laughs> like now it looks like I, yeah, just what we were trying talking to about. Pull. Before, <laughs> we were trying, trying to, like, to Starbucks them. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that was really annoying to me because I wanted it to be a private thing, but. And then after that, had a couple too many nights out and yeah, the rest was history. (laughs) (laughs) I have a story about that. When I went to New Orleans, my friend had to take my purse. We go to a piano bar Mm. and she was like, well, I was like, they were playing all my songs. And she's like, yeah, because you were putting 20s in their fishbowl. So of course they're going to skip everybody else who's putting a dollar in. And then she's like, the next thing you know, you're up on stage singing with them. I'm like she goes you probably put $400 in that fishbowl <laughs> she's like you just kept going to the ATM I'm like I don't like I never even reconciled how much I spent on that trip because I was ashamed <laughs> not horrible when you after a long weekend or anything really like you take a trip or do something and I feel like if I don't look at the account, it's not real. And so I'll just <laughs> I avoided for like two months before checking my account. And then I finally look back thinking, oh, maybe I've overestimated how much I spent. And I look and then it's just depression sinks in. <laughs> I hate myself. I was looking at my, like on Instagram, it'll show you the stories that you posted years ago. Yeah. And I had, I was, village. <laughs> <laughs> I was like posting my food, like catfish enchiladas and shit. <laughs> catfish enchiladas. I was trying to like really immerse food. myself in the Southern culture. <laughs> I don't know if they were good because I was hammered when I ate them. <laughs> sure you were. They sound disgusting. Although I don't like fish or seafood, so at all. Mm, I like fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we used to have those at grandma's. So I just did you ever did you ever hear the story about that with those? No. I you haven't heard the story? Bernie loves this story because I hated him. And my mom was like, You can't grandma doesn't have a lot of money. You can't hurt her feelings. You have to eat them. But she served them every day. <laughs> like remember it would be the <laughs> it would be fish sticks, applesauce, and cottage cheese. Remember? And pot pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would roll the fish sticks in ketchup and just shove them in my mouth like I was on Fear Factor <laughs> because my, you know you can well, we all know you can't waste food of course yeah. not <laughs> but I hated them but grandma took me shoving them in my mouth as I just couldn't get enough <laughs> Bernie told me later in life when I expressed what happened she's like no way she goes, Grandma used to know you were coming. She'd be like, I'm out of fish sticks. I got to run and get them. <laughs> Rachel just loves them. 
<laughs> like Rachel just loves them. She shoves them in her mouth. <laughs> and I was just trying to. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it worked out for me because it's really the only <laughs> seafood, if you can count it as seafood, that I like. So, I mean, pop chicken pot pies with a with a cup of applesauce. Yeah, that's the and, best. Yeah. Nobody I, else knows about that except our family. <laughs> I know. Whenever I I used to do that in front of people because when I was I know, still do it. Own, I would go buy a bunch of those ninety nine cent hot. Uh, <laughs> pot pies with a jar of applesauce yeah, like i eat it and I'm like, what are you doing that's disgusting it's like no the hot pot pie and the cold applesauce <laughs> like it's like so counterproductive but it's so good only our family that's so good though so good yeah delicious yeah. well uh well i don't know if we should I, I mean, I know, I know we covered the Texas stuff. We kind of went off on a, a tangent, which not a big deal, but you know, I never really read that stuff. I don't know if you want me to go through and read it or not. Um, I have to be really this... bad. So I feel like we should call it a night. Cause okay. I've now wasted both my, not wasted. Just like I said, they're stuck being yesterday. <laughs> not yeah, what I meant. Where's the rest of your crew now? Are they sitting on the other side waiting for you again? No, they're at the neighbor's house because I felt so rude. So there was a big, there was a big miscommunication yesterday. Apparently, I got texted by the wife of the friend mm-hmm. saying, "Do you want to hang out tonight?" But I never responded because I, my phone is like a dead zone at work. Mm-hmm. So her husband talked to my boyfriend, and he was like, "Yeah, come over." So she's expecting to like hang out, and I was just like doing a podcast the whole time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we went for a while yesterday yeah. it wasn't crazy long but it was longer than we planned for sure i think it was over two hours yeah so i really have to go i'm gonna pee yeah. my pants all right i'm gonna um i'm gonna go ahead and play a an audio just because i want it attached to the end of this it's the uh crenshaw response instead of me reading it he does have an audio clip i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play it so uh, okay. if you want to just leave it up it's fine you can come back in a minute or close okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure All right, so now I'm going to play, just because I'm not super knowledgeable about this. Neither of us are. We kind of give our opinions on on our perspective and what was going on. But I do have a clip from Crenshaw. I know he is on the right, but I think that he has a fair amount of knowledge on the subject. And it's about, let's see here. One moment. It's about... It's six and a half minutes long. So this is his response, kind of a Q&A on what's happening in Texas. And I want to play that to give a little bit better insight of what's going on because I'm stupid and he's not. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. So be patient. You'll get a lot more information from this. In Texas, and you're probably all wondering why a guy like me is wearing a jacket indoors. Been a lot of tough questions asked. So I'm here to answer. Here's the truth. First question, did wind turbines freezing cause blackouts? Answer, not exactly. It's more complicated than that. Look, we had a once in a lifetime freeze, which means basically everything froze from wind turbines to gas plants, to pipelines, to wellheads, nuclear plants had problems. Everybody had problems. Why? Because we don't really weatherize our infrastructure here in Texas the same way you would in North Dakota. But in once in a lifetime sort of week, we see those same kind of temperatures. So across the board, we're seeing problems. 
Okay, Dan, well, you're always saying that fossil fuels are a more reliable source of energy, and that's what we have to rely on. So where were they at this time? Again, the answer is yes, that's true. Once in a lifetime freeze, everything froze. So in the grand scheme of things, all capacity to produce energy reduced by a certain amount, while demand went up by like 50% because everybody was simultaneously trying to heat their homes in a way they never have before. So we have massive increased population growth in Texas. Uh, everybody's trying to get power at the same time. Here's another thing. About 4 million Texans are without power. About 25 million Texans do have power. The only reason they have power is because of those baseload energy sources like coal, mostly natural gas and nuclear. So while they didn't reach the capacity we needed them to, these are the only things that are there for us. All right, Dan, so if you can't rely on these fossil fuel baseload power sources all the time, then why not just transition to wind and solar? Okay, maybe we should prioritize that more, have a better mix. Okay, well, let's think about that hypothetical to the extreme. What if we had only wind and solar right now? Well, then we would, then nobody would have power. And that's not just this week, that's any time that the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining. So we can never rely on those sources as a baseload energy source that can be relied upon when things go wrong and when people need energy. Okay, Dan, but it sounded like you were blaming wind in your tweets on this. All right, the answer is kind of. Again, it's not necessarily the fault of wind turbines freezing because everything froze. The problem is an overinvestment in renewable energy over time and an underinvestment in baseload energy like natural gas and nuclear over time. There's a lot of reasons that there's an underinvestment there. One is the way that we operate our market here in Texas. We don't reward baseload energy for the capacity that they, that they bring to market. They don't get fees for that the way they do in 49 other states. It's, 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 a, it's a free market mechanism. It keeps prices a lot lower for consumers. So there's pros and cons to these things. The other thing is ERCOT keeps linking wind energy, new investments in wind energy back to the grid. Wind energy gets prioritized in Texas to a massive extent. So sometimes nuclear is operating at a loss. Sometimes even natural gas operates at a loss. But what does happen is natural gas plants now have to be designed to be able to ramp up and down in accordance with how much wind is blowing at any given time. So the problem is actually that we went a little too renewable. And we're gonna have a conversation in the future about whether that was a good idea and how much more wind energy, which again is intermittent, we should really be linking to the grid. And we'd have to have a conversation about how much more investments do we need to be making in more baseload energy like natural gas? Here's another stat for you. Previously in Texas and years prior, we would have up to 30% reserve capacity, meaning how much can you tap into quickly when you know things hit the fan? These days, we're down to below 10. So that is a problem with management on the grid, um, but it's also a problem with the energy mix that we've been relying on and prioritizing. All right, Dan, but Texas does its own thing. You've got a private company called ERCOT running things. You're not like the rest of the United States. Maybe it's time to get on board and let the feds regulate you. All right, well, here's the answer to that. The whole South froze, okay? So it's not as if we could import energy from Louisiana or Oklahoma. Everybody's having the same problems. There's parts of Texas that aren't connected to the to this Texas ERCOT grid, by the way. They're also having problems. So wouldn't have helped in this case. Also, it's not a private company, it's a nonprofit. It's an independent, independent operating system. Uh, about seven of them exist throughout the United States. It's not that uncommon. All right, so in conclusion, 
what do we have here? Look, it was really, really cold. And uh, when things are really cold and we're not expecting that, we don't really build our infrastructure to look like North Dakota, uh, we're gonna have problems with it, all right? Probably a bit of grace for those in charge might be in order when it comes to this kind of thing. But second, it should be a lesson. And we have to learn the right lessons here. The reason a lot of people are making memes about wind turbines freezing is not because the, the wind turbines freezing actually caused this. What we're talking about is an overinvestment in renewables would make this situation much, much, much worse. That's the point that we have to take away from this. In Texas, we have divested in new natural gas plants. We haven't built a new coal plant in forever. But natural gas is a pretty clean energy source. And if we care about carbon-free emissions and baseload energy that you can rely upon, well, then we need to be investing the money into nuclear plants. They're expensive, but if we believe that there's a true crisis on the horizon and we need to cut carbon emissions rapidly, nuclear is the only option. There's also really exciting new technologies out there like geothermal. Um, that use existing drilling technology developed by the oil and gas industry that looks really promising. And all of the above energy mix is what you need. When you start to over rely on one part of it and divest in the baseload energies like gas, coal, and nuclear, you're gonna see problems. And you're gonna see more rolling blackouts, even in normal times, like we currently see in California and rising prices. We have to be careful about what lessons we learn from this and get the right ones on the record. You know, when somebody doesn't have a very good art. All right, so that was uh, Dan Crenshaw's perspective on it. And if you want to follow. Uh, been quite the week in Texas. Probably all wondering wondering. Why that. If you'd like to follow uh, Crenshaw, he does a lot of updates and uh, information videos on his Instagram. It's Dan Crenshaw TX. On Instagram, D A N C R E N S H A W T X. And that's on Instagram, and that's where I got that video from. He also has some updates on other stuff going on in Texas, ways to help. So I'd recommend going on there if you're interested in what's happening in Texas. He's a good information source. All right. So this has been another episode of Systemically Distorted Communication. If you want to talk about anything you heard today, or you, whether you agree or disagree, shoot me a message, connect on social media or email at systemicdcommunication at gmail.com. This has been Systemically Distorted Communication. Until next time.